Pablo. So what happens when we do late tapings, and we're taping this right after Thursday Night Football, Dominique, is that we already know we should be sprinkling in where it's like fun, because yes. fun is coming. Like, it's coming. We had a great I, show. It was so happy. It was joyous. Show. Nate Tice, we welcomed him in, a friend slash foe of Debatable. You should know him. He is really, really fun to talk to. There's that word again. Kevin Clark, you know him. Weird haircut. Does a lot of weird stuff with his weird. face, but, just... you know, also fun. Also fun. You know what, what's reason, not fun? <laughs> the reason we have to say those words is because we worry that we're going to lose the people who are into fun because we have to do the thing where I can feel the register of our voices changing already, Dominique. And I want to avoid, I want to avoid sanctimony. I want to avoid yeah. being annoyed at ourselves when this comes out in the morning. But obviously, we're here to talk about Tua. Like, that is... The game, the game, screw the game, right? Like, yeah. it, it, there's some stuff that interest, it was interesting. I, I, I get it. But you said you had a notebook of thoughts when we were texting about this when it happened. I don't know what's in that notebook, if you actually have a notebook. But I do want your thoughts just to start here. Oh, like, where did you go? Oh, that was a text misunderstanding. I had a notebook of X's and O's thoughts, like breaking down the game that I realized I don't care about anymore. <laughs> like after what we saw happen to Tua, like, it felt like it was a waste of time going into like how they were disguising their cover two and what was the answer to uh, the Tyreek Hill dilemma. Like none of that matters because the game stopped. The crowd was chanting to his name as he was getting his face mask removed and all his teammates were standing around him because his body tensed up as a reaction to what seemed obviously to be a brain injury on the heels of right. a shortened week where he had what we all assumed was another concussion. Four days ago. Yeah, which they said to us was a back injury. Um, it sucks, man. It's so like there's a bunch of different ways to go. We can go to the point of like having to restart and play like those are experiences that I've had that I talked about earlier in this week. Honestly, right? no, we, we did that. We did the conversation where you took us on a tour of literal death through football <laughs> that happened. But but even even still, Dominique, I will admit to this. I think we should start here is that the whole concussion controversy feels very like five years ago. Right. Yeah. Like we talked about this a lot. There was the whole I mean, pick your sort of cultural inflection point where it felt like, wow, we really care about concussions. But now we kind of, I think just are not just numb to it, but I feel like something else happened, right? I was trying to think of why it felt like to me, this is a throwback story. I think for me, I just kind of came truly like to terms with the idea that this is consensual brain damage. Yeah. I watch boxing. I watch football. I love watching boxing. I love watching football. I think I just chalked it up to the idea that now we seem to know the risks. The people more importantly who do the sport seem to know the risks. And I kind of shut my brain off more than I think I probably realized. So to be to be fair, or at least transparent, is these big, ugly um, occurrences are difficult to deal with. However, um, the like repetitive subconcussive episodes are also risky. So yes, like these yes. big, or not risky, but like uh, dangerous, which I guess is a, a minor distinction, but. I I think it's important. So like these big 
knockout blows like this that watch us or have us watching guys with their muscles tensed up. Right. Um, Fingers in the fencing position, as yeah. it's called. Rem I mean, it, rem it reminds us how far we've come as a society and how we think about this, but how we haven't really come very far at all because we really love this stuff. Because I can go back to like my early in my career, we still like, we still laughed, like to be completely honest with you. Like uh, we called that the PlayStation hands. When people got mm. knocked out, we would laugh at that and like this is a jokes. thing that you yeah. recognized from, yeah. from from jokes i didn't i, I did not yeah. know that no i mean uh, it goes back to the jacked up era and all that stuff when we like celebrated guys getting hit right it was right, not that right. long ago and now it feels disgusting to have been a part of it but it hasn't changed that much i mean the game has gotten somewhat i mean it's gotten somewhat safer but when we have what happened, I, I can't imagine a, a situation that the NFL wanted to happen less than have a high profile situation that appeared to be circumventing the concussion protocol and then have the very next primetime game. Well, I guess it wasn't yep. the next primetime game. We had a Sunday night, Monday night game. But the next time this player pl played happened to be in a primetime Thursday situation. Yeah, soon we as have possible. Friday to talk about it. Yeah. We got Saturday to talk about it until we get to Sunday. And in that game, that player again hits his head in the ugliest fashion possible, has his face mask removed and put on a stretcher and taken out of the stadium. It's It's hard to watch, but we all watched it and we kept watching the game. And that like kind of feels like we want to be all sanctimonious, but also like we knew what it was when we signed up, and That's, we did. And we did yes. turn it off. Right. I mean, look, this is where the sanctimony thing. It's sort of like, look, if you want to object to the playing of football as a concept and go to that part of the argument, like I don't really have a good objection to that. If you're consistent across that and you find this gross, I get it. But the idea that this is somehow a unique tipping point, Dominique, let's discuss why it feels explosive. And I think it's not because of a revelation about head trauma in any way. It's that now there is, I think, a number of parties that could be blamed. And, and this is where I'm also fascinated as to just your vantage point as like the guy who was the president of the Players Union. We talk about this all the time. I know it feels like a hobby horse, but I thought of you immediately. And I was like, what would it be like if I was running the union and I tried to get this investigation into the concussion protocol? And clearly, let's just be honest about this too, like Tua isn't trying to get the Dolphins in trouble. He wanted to play. He wants to play. He's apparently on a plane en route to the plane to fly back with the team. Like the team obviously doesn't want to get in trouble. Like the NFL doesn't want to get in trouble for those reasons. And so you have this conversation where will someone get in trouble? It's a really difficult role to be in where you have to protect players that often don't want that protection. And when you have to protect them by penalizing their employer, which also penalizes them, it's mm -hmm. a bad spot to be in. It's an, it's an impossible place to be. I do think it's, um, it's a job that has to be done by somebody. And if you're going to be hated for doing it, then at least you know that, or at least you feel like you're doing the right thing. But in this particular situation, it's going to be interesting how the league reacts to this, how everyone reacts to this, because no one wants to be on the wrong side of this now. 
Like before, well, it felt yeah. like you could blame the Dolphins or you could blame uh, their training staff or you could punish them. Now everybody is complicit. With the exception of the union, everybody's complicit. The players or, or the player in this situation, the the doctors, the team, right. and the league everybody's complicit in this very, very ugly episode that we're all are going to remember this game for, even though, have we even talked about who won? Does it matter? No, I don't, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Bengals, but more interesting to me is the fact that Chris Nowinski, who has become this figure, of course, is advocate on behalf of caring about concussions in ways that have been, you know, very, very vocal and very adversarial. He basically predicted all of this, you know, if this happens, then why should happen it? And, results in lawsuits and firings. I mean, this is, and this is where Dabdik, like we have the benefit of hindsight now. And I think it's really telling what we all felt about this without the benefit of hindsight, right. because what this was, was a rolling of the dice, right? Like, I'll be honest here. I was curious about the story. I'm curious about the doctor who cleared him and the independence of that doctor. I'm curious about whether there could ever be a doctor working for a team who is not inherently betraying the oath that any doctor takes, which is to first and foremost, do no harm. And here, that's not the job. It's supposed like, to be I'm an sure. independent doctor. Like we've always talked, like within the league, it's kind of understood that you you understand that the team doctors are have some biases. It's a terrible place to be. It's a sad thing. Like we negotiated for like the right to second and third opinions. But when you're playing on the team, as I was in the past, you don't want those. You want the opinion that that gets you back on the field as soon as possible. Yeah. So I'm not even sure that that helps, but it's a terrible spot to be in when the independent doctor comes to the conclusion that a, a player can go back out on the field. And I guess we have to reserve some room for the idea that it was a back injury. And sure. that I this, mean, we don't, we don't, was... we don't know. I mean, what we, we, we have Man. though, Dominique, what we have though, even though we don't have the evidence that says this is, a head injury is we have video and this is where it's just sort of like this is viscerally damning right like you can argue about this but you're not going to convince people that this wasn't a head trauma especially now that everybody's incentivized to be on the right side of this i don't know what it looks like beforehand like, that was different i don't know what it looks like i don't know how it looks any different if it's not you know like all right we're not at all doctors but like that's uh, there are very few injuries that causes that type of physical reaction. Now I'm going back to the Bills game now. There are very few injuries that cause yes. that reaction. By very few, I mean, I've never seen one that wasn't a head injury that somebody was wobbly and lost their balance and and kind of went back down to, it, to their knees and got back up. Like that's the thing that I've, I mean, again, not, like not a medical professional, clear his head been around a lot, of, a lot of football, watched a lot of boxing, watched some MMA and yes. that, that like physiological response is one that for me at least is consistent with head trauma. And we also know that once you have a concussion like that, you are then at higher risk for increased damage if it happens again in a short period of time. So I talked to some people at the NFLPA and they said that obviously the investigation is ongoing. I asked if, um, if this was a regular week, would they have completed the investigation before Sunday? Mm. They didn't have much of a response from me. It's like, I don't know, maybe, but I guess I don't know what the response would have been. Like if they finished the investigation on Friday and determined that it was a, that they circumvented the concussion protocol, do, the, do they then have 
the ability to swoop in and force Tua to go through the protocol on a Friday or a Saturday when it's a game week. Who knows what actually happens in that situation, but the investigation's ongoing. This shortened week obviously makes it look worse. And so the shortened week is always something. The shortened week and the extra game has always been something that we fought against. And yes. And the union and negotiations didn't have the power to do much about it, in part because it was a minor issue that seemed like it would come with a lot of increased revenue and it wasn't worth us fighting for or missing right. games. Right, literal cost-benefit analysis. Right. Money but, versus yeah. risk. Then when we see things like this, I imagine that the league wishes they had done something differently. Like it, you could well, have the, the bye week before. Do you think? Do you think they I wish something differently? I mean, like, because Dominique, like, this is where I, again with the glasses of hindsight, right? Like, right. I'm trying not to be sanctimonious, uh, mm-hmm. over the top, etc. And that also leads me to think, like, I don't know how worried they are. I feel like they're more worried. If I'm being super cynical, and this yeah. is just me projecting here, I would be more concerned with the theater of concern. Right. Than actually doing anything, right? I and, right. and it's because we got a jib shot. We got a, we got a jib shot of Tua exiting the field on a stretcher. Like it felt like uh, David O. Russell cinematography, and I'm just like, I don't know why we're. Well, actually, I do know why we're getting this, and it's because ultimately, like this is just part of the show, and it's not going to stop people from watching said show. And okay. I don't know if it should. That's that's, that's the, the that's that's the next step of this, right? Like so, Dominique. I guess the question here, before we get to the actual fun that we're really so so apologetic about delaying, is is what do you think about or do differently because you saw this tonight? Nothing. Like we're gonna watch on Sunday and can't wait for the witching hour. In which case, the NFL knows they are bulletproof. They have to figure out how to endure whatever conversation is going to happen tomorrow because this conversation will not continue into the following week because on Monday we're going to talk about the Sunday results and then we're going to start preparing for the Thursday night game. The only way this becomes a bigger thing is if we have another primetime game where someone is gruesomely knocked out. It sucks, but it's true. And I I don't know. I, I feel like there's... When I was coming up, we didn't know about these things. Like the concussion, I guess it was 2007, 2008, when the, like, Bennett Amalu and the Allen, um, I think it was Sills. Alan Schwartz. Sills, Allen Sills. No, oh, Allen Schwartz, that. the New York Times yeah. writer. Yeah, New York yeah, Times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen Schwartz piece that, like, opened our eyes to it. I was already in the NFL by that point. So, like, this feels like a different generation, and some people who want to, like, protect themselves of the guilt that, comes with watching this can be like they knew what they were getting themselves into in a way that we didn't know we're getting ourselves into and it it still none of it ever really feels right there's no way to like absolve yourself from this like even in boxing and mma like you do it and then you don't do it again for like six months at the latest. Well, that's 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 the thing about the two concussions in two days, which could be career ending, right? According to like scientific <sighs> protocols. Seriously, like don't do this anymore if your brain has been hit after already been destabilized and having not healed. And so you're describing again a sport. I mean, you said a couple of things that I just let roll by, but I don't want to, right? You said you had to negotiate for second and third opinions as players. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. 
just as a concept that's nuts, right? That's not medically sound. You talked about how, you know, again, of course, an extra game was essentially in the end a foregone conclusion because of the finances. Well, I get that. But I guess where I'm left with is, is just the sense that I guess I just want us all to be very okay with publicly declaring that, yeah, we just feel gross. Like that's all yeah. we can do. Like this is the trade-off. It's like people who want to argue, like stop eating meat. Like I don't have a good counter argument if you're consistent with those principles. And now I'm just gonna have to feel gross as a consequence. So this is where we invite on a new friend of Debatable who I like to think is a challenger for football analyst, absolutely more impressive than Dominique Foxworth, Nate Tice of The Athletic, hello. How do you give him friend status already? He's his first Friend appearance. status and- yeah, uh, he's, not a, he's not a FOD yet. He's, no, he's making a first appearance. He's friend threatened, status. Nate. Dominique is threatened already. And he also gave me foe status already. So I got friend and foe, like just got both, both cornered <laughs> off already. Like just put us in of debatable. Before we get to the analysis part, the most important thing we need to discuss is what is your first name and how did you decide or when did you decide to go with Nate? Oh, good question. Oh. I mean, this is, this is very Hackett related and yeah, I need yeah. to get to the bottom of this. I'm Nathan. <laughs> I'm Nathan. So oh, my, okay. my, yeah, just Nathan. I was wait, Nathan. not all Nathans are Nathaniels. Correct. You're telling us. Yes, correct. Did not Nathan, know this. Nathan Jack Tice, but Nate Jack Tice, because my parents paid by the letter, apparently, <laughs> when they named me. <laughs> is that that's is that one of those uh like um like cocktail party lines that you use every time you meet somebody? Every single time. That's a good one. I love that's, those. That's yeah. such a dad move. But wait, I like I like the idea that former Vikings head coach Mike Tice is really concerned about his son's Scantron bubbles. He's like, look, we're not going to fit this all in here if we go hey, with Nathaniel. Got to start that like SAT. Something. You got to get it going. Yeah. So you got to hey, let's make this, knock it out quick. No. Well, then my, my parents' first date was Rocky. So they, they my sister's named Adrian. Great, sweet, has a sentimental meeting. That's cute. My, mine was just, I they like were walking that. through New York and they're like, oh, Nathan's Hot Dogs. That would be that would be a good name. And that's a true story. <laughs> you named after a I'm named after, more or less named after Nathan's Hot Dogs. They're like, oh, Nathan's a good name. Nathan Tice, yeah, that's a good name. So my sister's got all the sentimental value and then I'm just nice. the throw in, just whatever. That, that is how people think Americans come up with names. <laughs> yeah. You watch Rocky, you walk by a hot dog and you're like, that there we go. so American. All it right, is. I'm are isn't we stressing what, uh, out Alabaster yet? Isn't that what Bruce Willis's character says in Pulp Fiction? He's like, our names don't mean shit, honey. He's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like we're American. Our names don't mean shit. That's exactly That's what my name. Exactly what my name is. I was gonna think of what's the what's the worst Bruce Willis movie for your parents to have seen while naming your your sister? But we can ponder that as we get into some football. Perfect. Let's... Perfect. All right, guys. Let's start with the game of the weekend. Two fascinating offenses, and I want to know whose offense do you have more confidence in on Sunday, the Bills or the Ravens? Mm, we're doing the Bills like this, huh? Pablo, you were surprised that we put the Bills in this category? I, I guess, it, are you surprised that we lowered the Bills to the Ravens? Are you surprised that we raised the Ravens to the Bills? Because I don't think it's that ridiculous a question, wondering which one of these offenses I mean, considering what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense have done such so far this season, mm. I think the right answer is probably the Bills, but I think it's a legitimate question because Lamar might just go off, which he, I guess you can't call it going off if you're constantly in a state of offense. Constantly yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hope he don't go on because that could get scary. 
<laughs> so Lamar, who has accounted for more offensive touchdowns on his own team, 12, than 30 of 32 NFL teams, to Dominique's point, yes, is, is somebody to reckon with. I suppose the idea, though, is simply that this is now an active conversation, right? Like we had just said that Josh Allen is doing things we had never really seen before, that this Bills offense was doing things that were cuts above. And now after the weather that, yeah, felled various referees and actual NFL players, Fair we're saying offense. that actually we can learn things from that that shows why, Dominique, they have dropped a bit. So their offense was obviously very effective in that game and moving up and down the field, but they didn't score a bunch of points because I think Allen had 400 yards. They had over 500 passing. But in watching the game, and I'll be interested to hear with what Nathan has to say about this, is like Joshua had a lot of great plays, but he had a lot of weird ones that felt like old school Joshua where he mm. was like trying to do too much. Like that spike before halftime that almost ended up the fake spike that almost yeah. ended up pick six. He hit Xavier Howard with an interception. He had a couple other people with interception. He gave up sack fumbles. Um, but he also did incredible things like juke oncoming blitzers and run people over. So like he, the combination of the Josh Allen experience is was interesting in the last game to say the least. So the one thing I would say about the Ravens is the concern is that pass rush that the Bills have, like Von Miller and all them, what they're going to do against a third string left tackle, uh, that could be worrisome if you're Lamar Jackson. Well, that's what, like, I, I called Josh Allen, Joshua Allen, because we're going full yes. names on this show. Uh, mm -hmm. Joshua Allen is like Professor Chaos from South Park. <laughs> like, that's what he is. He's just, <laughs> he's chaos in a, in, as, at quarterback, and that's what he is. Uh, it really reminds me of that Bill's offense, because, like, they, they are terrible at running the ball. And, I yeah. mean, just awful. The offensive line's holy, and I, I've got him just using all my dad jokes. Not holy, like, in a biblical sense, but holy. Oh, like, I like geez. that. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's it's a lot like. It's, Again, so many jokes that I'm uh, not going to say, but please continue. Uh, okay, I will. Yeah, no, just put a pin in it. And, <laughs> but no, or don't, actually. That would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, Goodness, but this, no, but this, this run game is just so terrible that it's kind of like they are just giving Josh Allen a break. Like, they're just kind of going, okay, let him, let him catch a breath. It's like LeBron with Mo Williams. Like, you know, like, you're going, right, okay. Your possession, Mo? Uh, just kick it to Mo. All right, here we go. Whew, let, let me catch my breath. All right, let's play D. Like, that's exactly what that, that offense feels like. And no, but he did have some near misses. And then but it's, it's all him. I mean, it really is. Like, he's... They're missing all these blitzes that the Dolphins, they, they can't yeah. pick up a single blitz. And he's just like, all right, I'm going to make three guys miss and run it down. Or or I, I think you guys had the stat, too. He had the most dropbacks in, like, on recorded history, 71 dropbacks, which is just ridiculous. They can't win that way. Yeah, perfect. Look at that. Tied in right there. <laughs> but I can't believe I'm saying this is I trust Greg Roman yeah. more right now <laughs> right. than this Bills offense because I think yeah. Lamar is playing they, fantastic football. From the they pocket. do also mm. have the – like opportunity or the the benefit of going against this Ravens defense, which has been incredibly uneven. So yes. we'll see what happens there. So I mean that that I think that's more the reason why I would go with the Bills than I would go with the Ravens. And obviously the Bills defense is is dealing some injuries, but they're getting healthier. But the weaknesses of their defense, the Ravens are not really a team that attacks the corners, which is what I've been waiting for someone to manage to do to this Bills offense. And we haven't seen it happen yet. So I have a question about Lamar and just like what we're learning about him now, My because cat. the team around him, right? Well, your cat, if your cat wants to show up, Lamar is Dominique's son's cat, uh, Nate, if you're oh, familiar. Awesome. Um, yeah. Declan's cat. Um, but I know your son's name. Um, Congratulations. I'm a good um, 
So the sure idea enough. that the Ravens have this name an team offensive lineman, him. then I'll be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep laughing and hope that people forget the question right. that you asked. Stall, I don't know any stall, of them. stall. Um, but the team around Lamar Jackson now, right? Um, what are we learning about Lamar? Given that, okay, it's less. Um, historically injured now, I guess, the team overall, but also, you know, he's got some of the stuff he needs back. Yeah. I mean, the Rashad Bateman stepping up and being a, a very good player. They're using him different than I thought how Rashad Bateman would be used. <laughs> like, he's being a deep threat. And when he came out of Minnesota, I loved him as a route runner. It's this weird offense that is – they're trying to be under center more. Like, this is the most uh, Lamar has ever been under center since he's been a starter. This is the most times he's ever thrown from the pocket. And this is the least amount of times he scrambled for fewest. I don't know hmm. which word. You're the Harvard grad and Maryland grad. You, you can <laughs> correct me there. But the difference he, is Maryland, we are like functionally intelligent, whereas like the intelligence we have is actually useful. And Harvard is like, we can just, reference Thoreau. Like, what good is that? Like right? we, can, we, can work, we can work Thoreau into a conversation. Thanks, guys. That's right. Last year was a real Walden Pond experience for uh, Lamar Jackson. See? There you go. See? Alone, oh. contemplating his existence. That's the, needle, anyway. that's the needle mover of references right there. <laughs> the, no, but it's Lamar the pocket passer, and he's he's awesome right now. It's it's Thor remembering he's the god of thunder and not the god of hammers. Like yeah. it's it's like he is <laughs> he is so good not only with his legs, but it's just right now as just truly as an operator from the pocket like against the dolphins it was so cool he's progressing and he's doing all the fun stuff so it's it's really cool to see this guy like truly take a leap forward as being like a true true quarterback which we know he's done he can do he won freaking mvp not just by mistake but it's it's cool to see it all come together like in front of our eyes you have five kids or ten kids because the dad jokes, the dad humor, <laughs> falling from I, your lips, man. It is outstanding. I, I knew it. I was on ESPN, and then this is <laughs> hey, tied Nate, in. Nate, Disney uh, owns Marvel. Hey, there let's you go. keep it all in the family. Nate, Nate is the god of dads. He <laughs> is not the god of hammers, the god of thunder, man. You are killing. That's it. Everybody, that's all I got. That's all the, I got. At the neighborhood cookout, everybody's in polos with their shirts tucked into their shorts. You got them cackling. <laughs> <laughs> right right by the grill a lot of mick like, ultras you know like a lot of <laughs> like, hey you catch that episode of law and order last night you guys chatting about <laughs> oh svu Ooh. or the original you know that's <laughs> svu is a little too new for me yes <laughs> man goodness gracious uh playmakers they have them in baltimore they haven't had them before yeah. and the weapons like even du duvernay duvernay is playing in a way that i didn't think he was capable of uh being able to track the ball deep over his shoulder. Like I always thought of him as like a return guy yeah. who can threaten you, but he's like making plays and Andrews, Andrews, he's uh, Lamar's favorite target. So even without the running backs being as productive, having receivers that can take some of the pressure off Lamar is, yeah, it's scary to think that there are other people who can break a defense on that team other than Lamar. Yeah. Mm. Alabaster wants in. Why? Well, I, Why? I have I have one follow up question about the uh, Ravens weapons before we move on. I think so. When the Marquise Brown trade happened over the offseason, people were like, "Great value," but Lamar needs playmakers. He needs a deep threat. This is where he thrives, uh, driving the ball down the field. How not effective was that guy? Because they haven't missed him at all. How have they replaced that with better playmakers in that same role? So Hollywood's. Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, and just also how they use them is like he—he's a niche player. Like he is a 
slot ver- slot vertical well, I, player. I like that as a burn i like yeah. that he is a niche not a slot receiver or whatever like yeah. he's a niche he's think- like a movie you don't want to see but you know some people respect <laughs> yeah <laughs> what in soccer they call it like a luxury player like that's what he is it's like you don't build around it but if you can have your other pieces oh yeah we'll drop him in that's kind of the cherry on top but you don't build an offense around him and rashad bateman's stud i really do think he's one of my favorite my favorite players when he was coming out but i think i think he's just a better player and so it's it's just a opportunity it's like hey let's have this guy shoot the shot as opposed to the other guy shoot the shot like i think that's just the term to use it for yeah i didn't know that the that people outside of the ravens fan group thought highly of hollywood because inside the ravens like bubble i guess that like i occasionally enter hollywood is not highly regarded like people didn't love him they weren't sad to see him go um lamar seemed to not like it and that's the only thing that upset fans is that you upset lamar so like i don't think anyone who follows the ravens is like surprised that they don't miss uh hollywood brown Yeah. yeah um some loose ends here um juan james Oh, you named oh, the lineman. There's okay, a lineman. Way to Google. Thank you, Google. Way to Google. Yep. Nope. Way to nope. Google. Nope. And also a diehard, I think. I just want I didn't want to put you on a spot for a team. I just meant any offensive lineman. Yeah. Oh, a, just in the world. Yeah, Play for yeah, your yeah. diehard would have been mine. I think that, that was the, that's what I'm going <laughs> Hans, with. Hans uh, Gruber Tice is something we're glad to have avoided. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Oh, just call me a terrorist. Bob will do that from time to time. Yeah. Right, let's move on. Um, this is a game that I find fascinating. Eagles-Jaguars this weekend. Uh, these are two emergent teams, obviously at different stages in their progression. But my question, after the first three weeks, people think of this Eagles team as a, as a real Super Bowl threat. And have we crowned the Eagles too early? Mm. So <laughs> we're in week Three? Is that what we're in? Four. Four? Four. We're in four? Sorry. Yeah, thank you, um, Alabaster Hand. So four weeks in, um, or three weeks in, about to be the fourth. Um, and what's the line on this game? Because the line on this game, Alabaster, in which six we and favoring, we're favoring the Eagles by six and a half against a team that metrically is a lot closer than that would suggest. Yeah, I, I, I'm generally just staggered that we're at a place where Jaguars-Eagles is the second most interesting game we're going to watch this weekend. I don't. I mean, I'm not staggered by it at all. I, I um, I don't know. Let, let's take a moment to appreciate all the things that I was right about in my preseason predi- <laughs> predictions. Uh, One of yes. them was the Jaguars were going to surprise some people. Nice yeah. arbitrary projection that feels good. The other one was the the Eagles will represent the NFC and the Super Bowl. And boy, am I feeling good about that right now? I know the season is long, but yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. The We've kind of, there's overkill on the adult in the room exiting or entering and leaving Urban Meyer out. Like, I don't think that's, uh, there's much more meat on that bone, although it's the easiest way to explain this. But they play really well up front on D, which I don't know, I guess maybe Urban Meyer was out there kicking kickers and not motivating his front seven to to play good ball. And that's a difference of it. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is a really good guy. (laughs) He's really talented. And if you give him... Uh, simple concepts to operate. He's going to operate them yep. well, and when shit breaks down, he's good enough to make something out of nothing. Yeah. So the Trevor Lawrence thing, like, is it 
the absence of Urban Meyer's attempt to use him? Like, again, the schemes that Dominique's referring to, or is it just natural evolution, a year older? What? Why are we seeing uh, this version of him? Not having to throw go balls to the Quan Treadwell really helps. Like, yeah. and, and like a converted uh, corner as your number two target, like, you know, and Tavon Austin catching backline digs, like at 5'7". Cool. Like that improvement just, like, just going to, regression to the mean as far as everybody else around him. I mean, Urban Meyer, I know that is so funny. I'm glad Dominic said that, is that the two things is everyone just gone, oh, Urban Meyer's gone. Of course they're better. It's like, well, they improved elsewhere. You know, they're actually yeah. using these guys. And also it's that I feel I feel crazy in saying that the former number one pick that's generational talent actually turned out to be good. Like it's, I, I, felt, cra I felt crazy <laughs> for six months. People were going, yeah. did you see his stat lines? And it was like, he had the sexiest 170 yards I've ever seen, like last year. When you watch Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Those drops. Out, oh, oh, yeah. You're wow. just like, oh, wow. man. Oh, I know. It was great process, terrible results. Like, the Rotten Tomato yeah. score is terrible. But he's like, hey, <laughs> this guy's going to figure it out. Like, he's going to be okay. Fans but, love it. Yeah, but I, I'm loving it. I, I think, Lord, like, uh, like Dominique said, is just like, he they're not doing anything crazy. Like Doug Peterson's mm -hmm. just running kind of staple NFL concepts. And then just Trevor Lawrence is a machine. And on top of it, he's like six, six and runs a four five. Like yeah. it's, 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 he's, he's a superhuman, like watching when, him in the pocket. So cool. Yeah. You don't need to be a extra innovative coach when you got a guy that's really good right. at football. Wait, well, like you don't well, want what's, to complicate it. But I, I do want to continue the superhero motif here, right? Like, yeah. what is his superpower? Because Nate was describing the the experience of watching him in the pocket and why that felt almost erotic is what it came that, across as. That's so right. why. He, he processes and moves in the pocket. Like, you see so many young guys, including the guy that he's playing against this week, Jalen Hurts. He doesn't bail from the pocket. He's trying to operate and go one to two to three with his progressions while also making three guys miss and step up and keep his eyes downfield and then when it does break down he can run like it's so you got a superhuman but that's also a great athlete like he's operate like his sack rates his pressure like how, how many pressure times he gets pressure to how many times he gets sacked is crazy because he avoids everything and gets the ball out so wow. he's just a super processor with a on top of being a great athlete a pocket a pocket rocket is what you're describing uh, yeah uh, goodness i'm trying to think of a good one the I don't know would be a good one. Superhuman Rocket Raccoon? Is that what we're calling? <laughs> is there? So you said he was a superhuman and a great athlete. Yeah. So what is who's the superhuman who's not a great athlete? We're talking supercomputer. Professor X. Bat oh no, second time you said supercomputer, first time says superhuman. Okay. So hmm. uh, I think Professor X probably Professor X. Tom Brady. Oh, wow. Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I young do Professor X. I don't know. The Blob. Not a great. Well, he's pretty explosive for all that. Shout way. out to the Blob. When are we going to get the Blob? I feel uh, like, back in like I feel like they never make him fat enough. That's the <laughs> they, thing. It's like you want the Blob to really be the Blob. They didn't like. I mean. Wasn't that that Wolverine Origins movie that was oh, god yeah, awful? Yeah, yeah. They tried hey, to make not like, not like blobby boxing. enough. Not blobby enough. Blobby enough. I know. And then they they made the Juggernaut as like a. <gasps> Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> I, that, 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 that angered me. It, oh, that's so bad. All right. You guys might not like this, but I'm going to drag us back to the game. The question was about the Eagles, and you guys have done a great job talking about Trevor Lawrence, but what do you attribute this rapid growth of this Eagles team to be? Is it just Jalen Hurts? How are they so good? If they win this game, they could legitimately go on a run to be 9-0. Well, the Jalen Hurts thing, Dominique, right? Like, there is a case right now that this is your MVP favorite. 
right? Like if you were to do the power poll right now. Um, so how do you assess that case as somebody who bought stock in this team before the season? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've I've done this a number of times on this platform and others. It's like he's gotten better in the one area that he needed to improve in, and that was passing from the pocket, which, again, I guess it's two areas, and uh, passing against zone. Like, those things he's done a lot better, and those were the things that you wanted to – that you would do against him to stop him because of his athleticism. You don't want to be in man coverage against him. And so if he can't beat zone, he's a, a kind of wholly ineffective quarterback when it comes to like playing against tough teams. So he's addressed both of those concerns and they're much better because of it. And I guess you can uh, kind of downgrade him in that team based on the talent, but it kind of gets frustrating when you hear that because this is not college. Yeah. Like, Everybody out there is really freaking good. And the worst team in the NFL, if you're beating those bad teams and like handily, like, I don't know what else you want them to do, which is what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I mean, they played Jared Goff, Cousins, and Carson Wentz, and they made them look like Jared Goff, Cousins, and Carson Wentz. That's the defense. <laughs> so, like, it's like, okay, that's what you want. Like, right. And uh, I, I'm trying to like kind of rein back in, kind of like the Eagles, like oh Super Bowl and stuff. But they're really good; they are good. It, yeah. But this is I they're think so is, deep too. Yeah, and this is the best. Their offensive line is ridiculously good. But they and even what Dominique said was that you can't run man against them. They also have awesome weapons. Like you can't. You have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And so if you're on single high against this team, they'll crush you. And then if you go too high against them, they'll just do all the QB run stuff. And he right. he's very good as a runner. So it's he's only had 12 passing attempts so far when the Eagles have been trailing this entire year. Like he is just he's got they've gotten a very favorable game scripts in every game, which speaks to how well they're playing. But I do want to see him when they get punched in the mouth a little bit and, and see how he can just sit and drop back, make when they he always wants a bail to the right, which I get he's right-handed, but I want to see that Bucks playoff game is still burned into my brain when Todd Bowles just kept blitzing him from the right to flush him out to the left and he looked like crap. So I, I want to see a team do that against him. And I think this Jags defense can do it surprisingly, which I think is gonna be really fun. Mm. So the Eagles averaging eight and a half yards for passing play the most in the NFL. Alabaster is helpfully for the podcast audience play down a card. Um, the Eagles allowing 4.1 yards per passing play, the fewest in the NFL. Um, we want to like talk about the O-line here. Are we bored by that? Can I throw out some names that establish some credibility that I may or may not have Googled just now? What are we doing, Dominique, in terms yeah, of I mean, why the, the Eagles are special? The O-line is really important. I yeah. wanted to go more than just the O-line is like team-wide. The, the depth is incredible. And um, injuries are like as integral to football as anything is yep. to any other sport because they're like inevitable in a way that they aren't anywhere else. So you kind of have to plan for them, mm -hmm, even right. though you don't know where they're going to be. But this team is as prepared as anyone for them because they have two number one corners. They got two like all NFL type uh tackles uh the defensive line is low they've already lost one defensive lineman but it doesn't matter because they got so many great defensive linemen uh they brought in chauncey gardner johnson to support the secondary like this team is just has so many talented guys they have two receivers that i think are capable capable of being number one threats like that's what it boils down to like i i tend to want to give more credit to players in most situations but in this one you also got to look at howie howie roseman and how they built this team it's really, really impressive, and it's hard to argue that anybody is better than when it, from a like 
position by position talent basis. So they are in your, I mean, this is a thing that you are on these days. You are in on, despite all of your pro player bias, you're in on identifying yeah. the institutions that actually that's, impress that's my you thing right now. The For culture. Now, that's my thing. Yeah. 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 I need and to get he, off of that. It's not. Yeah. Fun. I was going to say, like, are you aware that this that. is your thing now? Yeah. Are you aware yeah. that you're now He's, the man praising the men? Yeah. He's the president of the GM association. That's, a, oh, that's, a, <laughs> that's in the back of my head. I've been aware of it for a while, which is why I always preface it with an apology, which draws more attention to it. I need yep, to stop. That's what that. just happened. Yeah, that's just how it stinks. It's all Jalen Hurts <laughs> putting him on his back. Jimmy's and Joe's. That's what it's about. Howard. Howard. Yeah, we're going full name. It's a full name pod. That's no, I, I I get it though. It's, it's as long as you just don't look at the linebacker position, and then that, that as long as you just wave that away. No, which yeah. apparently doesn't matter anymore. Even though you watch all these teams run too high, and it's like, oh, actually, it does matter. Yeah. So uh, so we'll see. I was I I want to see this matchup because I think the Jaguars match up a lot better with them than people are expecting. Why is Russell Wilson on the menu? Do we yeah, have to talk I have about him? no idea. Do you expect Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense to get going against the winless Raiders? So we're learning a couple of things about Nate here, Dominique, as we also continue to realize the power of edited graphics. If we can create a graphic of Nate Tice's brain in which the Eagles Bucks playoff game is apparently burned. burned. <laughs> and also we don't have the brain graphic on a card, <laughs> but we do have this hot dog. I love it. Uh, that's yeah. fast work though. That was that's fast work. I'm saying that to my family. Delicious. I'm saying that to my parents. <laughs> I made I made it, Mom. I made it. <laughs> so oh, along, alongside Jalen Hurd somewhere in that uh noggin full of unidentified meats is also Russell Wilson for reasons I'm now only beginning to appreciate. So why? Uh, well, I backed him up at Wisconsin. That's my claim to fame. Was, uh, so we played the one year at Wisconsin oh, together. I, wait, I did not know this. Yeah. Wait, you have, wait so, so okay, here, first question. Yeah. As weird as we think? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's been cranked up a little bit more. Uh, it's it's put it this way. I got invited to the first wedding. I did not get invited to the second wedding. So that's that. That'll, that'll speak to uh, our relationship at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. We care yeah. a lot, except about Nate the, the at joke, our cooler wedding. Yeah. The joke I've no said is that uh, once. Yeah, this is my what was the the Ooh. dinner dinner party joke. I love is it. I can't wait. Once you realize. Russ's goal is to be the president of the United States. Everything he does makes sense. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a second to just process. Everything yeah, he does makes sense. And so that's not a, a joke. That's, that's real. No, that's that's real. That, that, that <laughs> cut me deep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he yeah, does feel like one. he, I mean, he does. It's like when Hillary Clinton had um hot sauce in her bag, it's like a bunch of very like, <laughs> pretend how you do fellow kids like, yeah yeah it's, thing, like, yeah it's the whole thing of like i'm trying just, to win over people but just a lot of literal please clap you know yeah. just a bunch was, of just yeah begging this is, for, this is what you guys for, like right yeah uh, you know <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of what it is Man. i mean i don't know the the expect them to get better question or to do better against the raiders i, I guess i have i can't get a feel for them like are we are we about to are should I accept that Russell Wilson is never going to be the player that he was? Or is this another situation where Nathaniel Hackett is a problem? It's like a, another Urban Meyer where we're ruining a quarterback who or a team that could be better. But their defense is still pretty impressive. Imagine so Nathaniel's how, staying away from that. Imagine how bad it is to just be so bad at coaching that you get lumped in with Urban Meyer. Right. After three Who's games. obviously bad at coaching. 
but yeah. there's just so much more that also rises to the level of humiliation here. Yeah. That so explain. what is it? I need you to explain this to me. I, to be honest, Same. I don't know I've the watched, answer. I've watched their games, but I refuse to subject myself to all 22 of any of the games <laughs> that they've played. And so help I'm me the, out, Mr. Tice. The sicko full of unidentified meats that I can, uh, <laughs> I can, I have watched this all 22 and it's, it's, it's a little bit of a rust issue. It's, it's the Russell Wilson offense, which is the joke now that everyone says, but it's, it really is. I think that I, the first warning sign I got was when you look at that coaching staff and you see first time offense coordinator, first time defense coordinator, first time offense line coach, like, okay, so where are the ideas coming from? So they're like, okay, Russ, what do you got? And Nathaniel Hackett comes in and says, Hey, we're going to use this extensive empty person, empty package that Russ brought from Seattle. And if you look at the numbers, Russ is like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league out of empty. And so it's like, don't listen to him. You just, he's going to tell you what you want to hear. And uh, no, this is not what you want to do. So he doesn't scramble anymore. He's only scrambled five times the whole year. Right. He, in 2020, he was scrambling three times a game. He's only scrambled five times this entire year. Like he is, they have huge tendencies because they want to let him cook. So they go in the shotgun and they don't run the ball of the shotgun. They're the worst team out of the shotgun on first and second down, passing the ball. So it's what he is, is, I mean, we make jokes that he's short, can't see over the middle of the field, but why he's really good at throwing outside and he's really good at pushing it vertically, but he wants to throw a quick game and be the Aaron Rodgers, like boom, 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 you know, nickel and diming teams. He's not that he's a big, he's a big game hunter. And, and but he's not doing that anymore so it's kind of scary he's targeting running backs more than anybody in the league which is crazy 30 percent of the time it's like it's it's a weird i actually don't hate the scheme they're running like the run game actually looks decent. really i don't hate it it's not great but it's it's okay it's very nfl yes but he's he can't see anything like and so they're not leaning into stuff that he's good at because they think he can do all these other things do you think as a big game hunter that Russell Wilson is aware that he actually can't hunt big game in the same way anymore? He he's he he has a rocket launcher and he thinks he has a sniper. I think that's go. what that's what it kind of is. I think well he done. Th I didn't understand Pablo's question either, Nate, but good job making I, sense <laughs> of it. Spin, spin, spin. <laughs> it was like an analogy that I, it started out making sense that I was like, what? Yeah. No, hiding? but 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 I guess the question is: Is he delusional about his abilities? Oh, now? I think I think he is a little I bit. I think he he wants That's to sit right. in the back and go empty and go no huddle and call the shots. But watch the first game against Seattle. Their guy every time they went no huddle, the guys couldn't get lined up because he can't communicate it. And so it's it, it's one of those where it's like, yes, it sounds good on a whiteboard, but as soon as the bullets start flying, he kind of isn't that. And I'm not saying he can still th launch the shit out of the ball. Don't get me wrong. Like he can still launch these balls. He throws about three throws a game. They're as good as anybody, but it's all the in-between stuff. It's the, it's the first and second down stuff as opposed to like when he's hunting down the field. So I think it's more that they, they listen to him and go, yeah, Russ, that's a great idea. And then actually call plays that aren't that. I think that's what they have to do. Oh, speaking of <laughs> passing, um, what were the hors d'oeuvres like? Oh, oh. They were or good. the past appetizers. Like. I mean, the... do you do you eat pigs in a blanket or do you feel like some kinship with the tiny dogs because you <laughs> are a giant hot dog? That's man. right. All right. And and oh, I thought that that was a, a size joke about him. Oh, so no, no, that, no. That, yeah, no, you're well, talking about me. The, the, it works in two ways. ways. That's two ways. That's how they did have, you accused the baitable of uh, double on. They time. had a, a, like a lobster 
kind of like a lobster cocktail that was really good. Ooh. You know, like, that was that was very good. It was That's in Richmond, fancy. Virginia. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a fancy. That's one. Well, fancy. and and true true to his play style, I suppose, uh, high risk, high reward, right? Like, <laughs> lobster, true. shellfish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In Wisconsin? No, it was uh, in Virginia. No, he said it was in Virginia where he's from. Yeah. Oh, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't really no. care about Russell Wilson, so can we move on? Like, I, it just hasn't been interesting at all to me this season. What was their first dance song? No. Oh, get out of here. No. I can't remember that. No. Care, <laughs> they did have a great band. <laughs> Had a good uh, band. I'll oh, band over DJ. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, making band. it worse. The, the band was good, oh, though. come it on. It's a lot of Motown hits. So go, go, go band in DJ. That's the combo. You have <laughs> yeah, to transition. Quads. Like you want, you want a singer? band that is named after DJ. What Quad City DJ? You want the singer for like the slow dance, you know, the first dance and yeah, everything, no. and then you go to DJ. Yeah, like, you got to yeah. transition. Yeah. I agree like, with that. How do you? You can't like have a party uh, with a live band. <laughs> how can a beat be dropped by a live band? Yeah. Is what you are asking. Yeah, yeah you have fair. some performers, fair, and then you transition to something that knock a little bit. <laughs> yeah, not, 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 enough, not enough bass uh, with yeah, the wide band. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, all right. What's up? Zoom Russell in, Wilson, big, big, big 808s guy. Um, speaking of which, though, I'm hearing music faintly. I think we have the power to do this. Are we hearing music faintly entering the background that is signaling that Day Tice has fulfilled his obligations as a friend and foe of debatable Alabaster? We are. Thank you, Nate nice. Tice, for making us mm. much smarter and teaching us all about. What a joy! Russell Thank you Wilson. for having me, guys. What a joy! Appreciate Confidential you. information right, on the next Nate. president of the United States. Yes, what we just gave you. Uh, Great he's job. Got two, he's got two more years until he's eligible, so we'll know. Great job. I'll have you back and and drop Pablo. He <laughs> thought thought he was going to drop me. Right, <laughs> Appreciate you guys. All right, Dominique. Here he is. Too scared to wear a tie on this show anymore because we made fun of him last time. Kevin Clark. Hello, an old Fred. I had a great meeting with Kanye West a decade ago. It wasn't a meeting. It was closer Wait, than tell, you got. Tell, 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 tell the story now. We he, can't just he tease came our audience. He came to a Knicks game, and I said hello, and he kind of grunted at me. Can't go, hello, how are you doing? He was meeting Amari Stoudemire. Huh? And, uh, yeah. and I said I met, kind of in passing, I met Kanye West. I said that to Dominique Foxworth. He said I did not meet Kanye West. He didn't. That's not a meeting. A meeting is like a handshake, a dap, uh, exchange of names. Kanye, you you said hello to Kanye. That's fine. That's, he so acknowledged my presence people, back. I'm, that's, I don't, that's not a meeting. Like, I, I, I acknowledge I people's presence all the, the time. Line. When, when, you're, I, when you're meeting with someone, you're in a conference room, you wait till like three minutes have elapsed and gone. It's like a baseball game with a rain delay. Okay, this is an official no, meeting now. No. All right, guys, let's talk some football. And with this game, I want to know if you find the micro interesting or if you want to zoom out and take a long view at all this stuff. The first one, do you want to zoom in and talk about where the Chiefs and Bucks are right now because they're mm. playing on Sunday night or zoom out and talk about where these teams will be by the end of the season? Ooh. I feel like my answer is always zoom out. No matter what the question is, I think I always would rather zoom out than zoom in. I, I, I don't want to commandeer this topic, so somebody want to zoom it, in does, on it? I, Dominique, you know I'm a zoom out sort of guy. Yeah. I'm curious if Kevin Clark has a microscope, though, that he wants to put this thing underneath. Like, yeah. what are you – are you strapping on an, uh, like an old an old uh, watch repairman sort of, like, monocle here? Or what, what, are you, what are you doing? I was told to bring it today here in my notes. Um, I have notes <laughs> Note for zooming one, in and zooming out. It. I can zoom in. I can zoom out. I have, it's a All choose your own adventure book here in the notes. All right, zoom um, us in. Zoom us in. All right, so let's go 
to some numbers here, some stats. Tyreek Hill, 317 yards, two touchdowns. All, all of Patrick Mahomes' wide receivers right now, 430 yards, two touchdowns. The Chiefs have as, as good an offense as there is in the NFL, but it's a lot of option routes to Travis Kelsey right now. And so from what I see, there's not, you know, they're going to have to figure it out. I talked to Brad Beach, the GM, a couple months ago, basically said that they're not going to try to replace Tyreek Hill. They're mm-hmm. going to find MVS using some of his routes, Juju using the middle of the field, um, Hardman, those guys. Like just, it's going to be replacing Tyreek Hill by committee, but it's going to take a while, okay? So that's my zoom in. The zoom out is that none of this matters. It's that <laughs> none of this matters because the good teams in an 18-week season now do not consider September to be all that important. Now, I think we got off yes, track a couple of years ago because, because no one statistically has better September numbers than Patrick Mahomes ever. Like he is the king of September. But that's just incidental. He's doing that because he can. I think you look at this, the Chiefs lost at home last year in the AFC title game. The Bucks lost to the Rams in Tampa Bay. Like, I, un- I think these teams are saying, like, why why are we trying to win 15 games instead of taking it easy, winning 12 games? Like, the bye isn't there anymore um, for the second seed, so it's a little bit different. Like, for me, I just don't know why you'd stress out about September. You use it as an extended training camp right now. I'm officially not worried. Dominique and I cracked the code the other day on Slow News Day with Tom Brady uh, as far as pra- he's not practicing on Wednesdays anymore. What we do is we do a hybrid work situation. We send mm. some players to his backyard yeah, on Wednesday. That's and that's Cole how we Beasley. get there. But that's an Cole October, Beasley. November thing. On, Would man. you want Cole Beasley on your property? <laughs> well, this is, but this is the question I have is that it, it does seem to conflict a little bit. And I love, I li- yeah. first off, no. Second <laughs> off, the theory that you have laid out, which I love, which is that there is this NBA style load management in the NFL mm-hmm. that's quietly happening, right? I love this take. It's a take that after stealing it from you on Around the Horn before the first game of the Bills season. When they no, 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 no. You stole You stole from Dominique the they don't run Josh Allen. Yeah, he's a take taker. We accept we accept that he's a take taker. But um, the uh, – sorry, Pablo, finish up. No, but I guess the question is like bringing in Cole Beasley, um, taking him in feels, feels like a sign of desperation, it does. doesn't it? I mean, it's a Band-Aid until they get their receivers healthy. Yeah. I, I'm as – I love that Kevin is ahead of the curve on this um, load management thing, but I guess the combination of adding one more game and taking away the uh, the buy and, and, gen- and adding and extra playoff team, adding extra playoff, yeah, adding extra playoff team, and the general trend of home field advantage mattering less and less. All that together, I think, could create the idea that this is okay. But that, it, at least in my view, that is so contradictory to football culture that it would take a lot more and a lot longer time for everyone to, or at least maybe it's not everyone, maybe the smart teams have already shifted that dynamic. It just feels so weird, the idea that football teams will go into games less prepared than they would or with less of a focus on winning than they would. So I I don't, I don't. But that's that's Dominic. That's I don't mean exactly... to say that you're wrong. It just is weird for me no, but... to, to hear, and it probably makes some good sense because as we talked, as we always talk about, injuries are yeah. so like integral so... to uh, uh, how a football season turns out. And if you can try to do something to minimize yeah. that, then this is what you should do if you're a, a championship contending team. I, I was in Cincinnati when Joe Burrow got appendix surgery. They were so unbothered by the idea that he wasn't going to play in the preseason. Now it turned out to be a bigger deal than than we thought, and and maybe we should have seen that coming. 
But coaches now don't view preseason games as anything. And that, to me, is the best evidence September is almost a wash for some of these top, top tier teams. So just to clarify, though, because the question that Dominique raised is the one that I'm fascinated by, which is where do we see this manifest and how do we see this manifest, right? What you're suggesting, Kevin, is that it's not that they're like holding back on their plays. Right. It's that they're just not ready in the same way that they yeah. would have been with a full preseason. That That's that's my take on it. And, you know, it's funny because I before last year, Dominique, Matt Ryan was on my show that you've also been on. Um, and I asked him about this. because We he, have referenced Slow News Day approximately a half dozen times. He so needs far. to help. He needs to help. Let's do it a, a few more. He needs, he needs some people to watch it. Still above you on Spotify. Still above you on Spotify. I mean, you work for Spotify. Be, you, well, you yeah, that's, oh, we fix it. Fixes that's in. the benefits. I told yeah, you, yeah. when I when I say He's Spotify has amazing benefits, that's what I mean. I mean uh, benefits. I want external fixing. review of what's going can we on edit? There. Can we edit a conference room onto the screen that is Kevin Clark meeting all the people he's claimed to meet so far? <laughs> Kanye West, Spotify executives, Wait, Joe I have Burrow's on, appendix. I, I have um, Joe Burrow's appendix, yes. Although I will say, uh, I, I try to do... Yep. Oh, I yeah. tried, I'm going to do a Joe Burrow thing here. So Joe Burrow walked past me the day after his appendix surgery. Did you meet him? And I, I, oh, I did my bro wink. My bro uh, wink, which is how I a, Wait, wait, wink. Well, it's when someone's walking past wait, me and you just give them a little... Yeah, you got it. Oh, go, God. Stop. What? That's my bro wink. If I'm unoccupied, <clears throat> I can just say, hey, hey, man, what's going on? What's going on, bro? That's to tie that all together. <laughs> but if I'm occupied, and I was when Joe Burrow walked past me, gave him the bro wink, he did not look good, and that's when I knew he was going to have a rough September. He didn't <laughs> Wait, you winked to the at a Joe Burrow whose appendix was yeah. in need of surgery. He did not respond to the bro wink. I, man, I wanted to be – I was. I started with being impressed by how I asked you to zoom in, and somehow you zoomed out further than even I had wanted to zoom out, and we're talking about, like, the – overall ethos of the NFL shifting from what it was previously to now a little bit more emphasis on late in the season, less of the beginning of the season, but somehow we ended up at you flirting with Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, there's no, other way, there's no other way to put it. With literally zooming in on the eyeball of Kevin Clark. That's right. <laughs> One thing on Matt Ryan is that he said, that, and this, is the whole, this is the whole thing that was, that was the reason I brought up the story, is that he oh, said, you will not notice the load management era because it won't be with quarterbacks. It will be with defensive ends. It will be with That's defensive fair. tackles. It will be with rotations. It will be with cornerbacks. It will be this guy has a hamstring. We're going to hold him out on Sunday. It's that. We don't notice because it's not Tua sitting out. It's not Matt Ryan sitting out. It's not Mahomes sitting out. So there will be a load management era of football. We won't notice it. It will be an under our feet. Why you got to punctuate Matt it with Ryan... a wink. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm all in on the wink now. I'm all in. You sold it. That thing you sold that wink. That oh my God. He looked kind of off to the side. It was casual. All right, I'm going to practice and add it to my repertoire. I'm I'm I, a now wink feel, guy now. I now feel less powerful. <laughs> guys, uh, guys, I think we zoomed out a little too far. We uh, zoomed out <laughs> past the Bucks and Chiefs season to now it's just the concept of the 17 game schedule. So I think it's time to move on. I have another Check. zoom in, zoom out. Do you want to zoom in on the Chargers' mm. slow start? or zoom out on their decision to play Justin Herbert through rib injuries. I feel like we're in the golden era of injuries that clearly can get worse that we say can't get worse. Like, Jameis Winston, every time there's an injury report, it's like, he's got a transverse fracture in his back. He's wearing, like, an extra Band-Aid. He's good to go. And it's like, what? 
He's got what? And he's doing what for it? Um, that was the report last week. Jake Glazer was like, no risk of further damage. Well, he's playing in an NFL game, so I doubt it. Um, all right, so a couple things. Uh, J.C. Jackson's been banged up since training camp. Joey Bosa's on IR. Rashawn Slater's on IR. For me, this Herbert thing is an overcorrection by Mr. Brandon Staley. Last year, he was new age guy. He was fourth down guy. He was analytics guy. He was players coach guy. This year, he's lost the second most expected points on fourth down. The worst is actually the Chiefs because they have a backup kicker and a guy who's never returned punts before that doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I think that he realized that in order to, I don't know, in order, here's my, here's my I'm going to zoom out for a second. In order for Brandon Staley's, as we say, uh, crap to work, as, Brandon, as, uh, as Billy Bean would say, um, mm-hmm. you needed to win almost immediately. You needed to prove it last year. We're going to go for it on fourth down. We do all this stuff, right? And they didn't. They couldn't even tie in the last game of the season. They didn't make the playoffs. And I think he's become a more conventional coach. He's been bullied into becoming a more conventional coach. He's been bullied into being the tough guy. Um, and I don't think that that's, that's correct, but it buys you extra time. It's almost, you know, we saw Chip Kelly get run out of football, run out of pro wait, football. You, but you really, wait, Kevin, you really believe that the backlash that Brandon Staley has received after being the nerd darling. Yes. It's almost like he got winked at by Bill Barnwell, and now he's just shook. He's like, "No, I got it." No, he got he got he got winked at. He got it wasn't Barnwell. He got winked at by like Mike Ditka, and then now he's like, "I'm the tough guy now." Like he was he was winked at by Barnwell. He's been he's been okay. So he's been radicalized. Now he's he's running Oklahoma drill in his backyard, (laughs) which he's like he's gonna get he's gonna sign Mike Allstott. This is sad. I guess. I yeah. It's all sad. It's the Chargers football. What's it supposed to be? <laughs> is he in trouble? Like I feel like he's, it's, it's, he he was he got a head coaching job off the strength of one year as a, a defensive coordinator, which is rare and does not happen to other defensive coordinators who've had um, equally successful resumes. Is he is. Is he right man? Is he the right man for this job? With Justin Herbert there, I feel like the patience for the having the right coach is not. Well, they don't have any fans though. I was gonna say the patience no, won't be there, but there is no one to rise up. It's just general football fans. Like, please don't waste Justin Herbert. Please get him to the playoffs for us, please. Well, so here's my take on that. So first of all, John Aran from Sports Business Journal does a great job. Uh, he said, "Did you just point to him?" He did. He did. Yeah. He's got a lot of moves. It's what a are point. these moves? It's Dude, a, a point. That wasn't for you. It was for John Arand. I just told you <laughs> who the point was for. Um, where are you pointing? Is the... <laughs> to the internet where he is. Oh, um, where's the internet? Oh, it's it's oh. outside. Yeah, hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna edit John Arand of Sports Business Journal into this frame to make all of yeah. this make a little bit more yeah. sense. So he there reported he this week. That a generic NFL game in Los Angeles, anything, it's like it's like congressional uh, congressional races, right? Generic ballot. Um, a con- a generic NFL game in Los Angeles gets significantly higher ratings than a Chargers yeah. game on CBS. So that that's where we're starting. So there's not <laughs> the heat is going to come from people like Dominique and I and Phil Barnwell and and Mike Didka, um, and and Mike Allstott. And so the heat's going to come, all of those on screen. come yep. from, the, from the external world and not maybe the Chargers fan base. I do think they do have fans in, you know, you see them at training camp and stuff like that. They do have some fans, but it's just not, it's not, you know, not exactly Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> Having said that, uh, I think that there's, I think that there had to be an offensive plan. If you're a defensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi is not it, they're running really basic concepts. Um, they're letting Justin Herbert bail them out all the time. 
so for me, I think you could have had a successful tenure uh, if you had had a better plan on the offensive side of the ball, Dominique. Uh, I agree. It was a thin resume for Brandon Staley. He gives great press conferences. He talks a bit like a podcaster. Um, he gives great answers to questions. There's a reason the media loves him. I think he could have gotten off on the right foot if there was a better offensive plan. He just couldn't just couldn't do it. Joe Lombardi's not the guy for Justin Herbert. If you get the keys to the kingdom, you got to prove you belong. You can't Ryan Grigson this. Um, you know, he had, Ryan, he had Andrew Luck ruin the whole deal. You see it a little bit right now with Joe Burrow. He's getting the crap knocked out of him. You've got to protect your guy. You've got to protect your second-year superstar. And the offensive plan, the injuries, it's just not coming together in Los Angeles, Dominique. Truly everybody bullying Brandon Staley Alabaster, which you can relate to, I would imagine, on some deeper level. Are you projecting what you can relate to? Not at to all. Me now? Yeah, nope. exactly. That's I hate exactly that I gave you that. Exactly I hate that I gave doing. you that. Oh, man. Get, it, get in the locker, Pablo. Hurt well. people hurt, hurt people. Okay. Hurt people um, all right, we got one people. more. Uh, do you guys want to zoom in on whether the Giants or Bears are a more fraudulent 2-1? Nope. Play this weekend, or do you want nope. to zoom out on which QB is uh, apparently more disappointing so far, Daniel Jones or Justin Fields? Can answer speaking me no. Takes speaking of takes that we're all dug in on. Um, yeah, what are we? I mean, we can talk one, about man. the quarterbacks. Like, I guess it's raise, more interesting. Can we, can we raise? Can we raise the banner for for two and one for the Giants and the Bears? Is that a thing we can do? Just like celebrate, celebrate that you you're winning. Um, I think the quarterbacks are interesting. The, the idea that quarterbacks cannot overcome their surroundings is one that seems like it's on the fringe, but it's in the center of debatable. It's something that we firmly believe in is if you put a bad quarter or you put a quarterback in a bad situation, most of them will underachieve. And I think it's fair to look at Daniel Jones and be like, confused about the level of quarterback that he is. I think it's yeah. clear that he's not great. Uh, it's possible that he can be average. He hasn't been average there, but nothing around him has been average either. The coaching, the roster construction, it's all been bad. So, like, calling yourself disappointed in Daniel Jones, I guess it's fair because he's a first-round pick and maybe you were hoping to see him be just, like, great transcendent guy like these few guys that we have in the league. But I think it's also fair to say that the disappointing Daniel Jones is more a result of his surroundings than anything else because he could be a starter in this league if things are mm. different. And Justin is Fields is too early. It's too early in this process to say the same thing about Justin Fields, but he seems to be on a similar track. Worst thing that ever happened to Daniel Jones was being drafted in the top 10. If he was a second round pick, it would be marketed completely differently in these conversations and conversation would be totally different. Okay, so Daniel Jones was pressured, Dominique Foxworth, on Monday on 50% of his dropbacks. That is the highest rate, I believe, in the NFL this year and is extremely hard to do. Extremely hard to do. Um, Justin Fields is being sacked on 18% of his dropbacks, which is completely unsustainable. It's ridiculous. Um, but I will say this. Trevor Lawrence, who we can compare Justin Fields to, they were drafted in the same year, got rid of the ball a career-low 2.3 seconds uh, per throw on Sunday. He is understanding how to deal with, uh, I don't know, what with, with pressure or, or the fact that he's, he's, he struggled last year and, and whatever. Justin Fields is holding on to the ball too long. Daniel Jones, I don't even think we can get a fair evaluation on him, but I don't think he's a starter long-term with the Giants. I think it's, it's over after this year. 
Um, yeah, to- mm. totally done. Um, it's just, you know, he was drafted to a Dave Gettleman team. That team wasn't ready to compete. It happens. It happens, you know, when uh, I was talking to the Bills a couple weeks ago about Josh Allen, they said more often than not, quarterbacks are failed instead of do fail. Um, and Daniel Jones is that. Um, and for me, when I look at Chicago, I want to see that they're not going to do the same thing to Justin Fields. At some point, Justin Fields has to show that he's worthy of investment, but the Bears have to make that investment. Who is he throwing to right now? Um, what, what, what did they go do? Excuse me. What did they go out and do to maximize the quarterback position? That's all GMs are supposed to do when they have a second year quarterback. You're supposed to make the leap statistically from year one to year two, but your team has to help you out there. The only two quarterbacks who've ever made a leap from year two to year three are Troy Aikman and Josh Allen. Statistically, that's pretty much it. Okay. It is an anomaly mm-hmm. to go from, from uh, good to great in year two to year three. Okay. You had to do it this offseason. And I think that uh, working in concert is Justin Fields not taking advantage of the opportunity and the Bears not helping him do that. Give me a check or I'm taking us way on a f- real crazy tangent. <laughs> check that box. <laughs> done and done. Yep. Wink us out of here, baby. Follow us back to but they got to get on board with the program because we have all of these new meetings were happening um you know got friends of debatable foes of debatable same confetti though <laughs> very much still the same confetti i'm hungry can i go eat now